Welcome to season four of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. I am so excited to share some new ideas and experiences with you and also introduce some more wonderful, fantastic people on the platform. Be sure to visit our site, www.beyourownkind.com to be able to keep up with the latest news and the latest blogs and content. Also, we have a Facebook community that involves giveaways, touch base, and exclusive deals. If you like the content, be sure to tip your girl Lamarcha T on Kofi, located at ko-fi.com backslash beyourownkind24. Thanks again for your continued support and enjoy the episode. Hi, Bianca. How are you today? I am doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> good, good. I am so excited that you are now on my platform. I was on your platform. It didn't break. No. I know. Yes, yes. Know. so it was very therapeutic, probably because you're a therapist, but it was very therapeutic <laughs> to, to get some things off my chest and, you know, put some things in perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved having you on there. Um, for those who ain't listened, she shared her amazing story and um, I'm glad that it was helpful for you. I'm glad. Yes, and if you want to check that out, the link will be in the, the notes. <laughs> <laughs> check that out but today is about you not me so i'm just wondering like i love your concept of it didn't break me because it is like i said it's therapy where you're kind of like going down your life a little bit and see what you overcame because we don't think about that often i'll be honest you know i don't mm-hmm. wake up and say yes i am a conqueror you know um but to have that faith to see how where i was and to where i am now that is so I don't know, inspiring and it kind of gives you a little oomph to keep mm. going. So I'm just wondering, like, how did you, where did the concept of your podcast come So it came from, um, so I have an original, my first podcast was Authentic Wednesday, right? And I wanted to kind of keep it on that theme, but I was like, everyone's using this word authenticity. Um, what can we do? Because I do work with perfectionism. And one of the things I do believe in is that being your authentic self um, and connecting to your authentic self is one of the ways to overcome perfectionism. And so we were just kind of playing around and was like, well, the truth is authenticity is great, but people really want to hear about the grimy side and kind of like how you got through and want it to be relatable. And so that's how we were just kind of discussing and talking because it's like, you know, we go for all these things that we'll never think we'll get through. And then we'll come through the other side and we were like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was or how we make it up in our mind. And I just feel like that also goes along with the theme of thinking our lives have to be perfect and so and they really don't and so sharing these stories help people kind of overcome things they're afraid of or fearful of doing or or encountering or accepting and so that's kind of like how the concept came about to inspire others like you said um to kind of see like yeah life is messy but it's not going to break us I love that. I love that. And even like that's evidence, right? Even when you're going through your current storm, it's evidence of, okay, I got through that. So I'm definitely going to get through this. So it's, it's really important to reflect on that as well, because I feel like that helped me. Like when I got off the, the episode with you, I was like, okay, I got this, you know, because <laughs> I was able to, I'm like, this is nothing compared to what I was just talking about. So it's like, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very inspirational. Um, is there um, anything in your personal life 
where that moment where you felt it was going to break you and you you overcame it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought, you know, I was devastated when I originally first got my diagnosis of genital herpes. Um, I was in my early 20s and I actually did not accept my diagnosis until my like mid to late 20s. And when I really was accepting the diagnosis, I was like, yeah, this, my life is not going to be great again. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to when they get a diagnosis of genital herpes. And then um, also when I knew I was going to share my story, which was pretty earlier on um, in my in my journey, um, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not telling anyone because that's just like going to ruin my whole life. But by the time I came to share, maybe like 10 years later, it was like, no, it was a lot of freedom and really wanting to help other people. I mean, you know, I say this, like there is power in sharing our stories and really that is how we help other people overcome and help other people know that they're not alone in whatever they're going through. I love that. I love that because there's so many people out there that have um, <clears throat> diagnosis or just receive terrible news or lose parents, whatever you have you. And you get in a sense of I'm alone. I'm the only one that's dealing with this. Then yes. you listen to a podcast or you read a blog post or you watch a TikTok video and someone is is like they have a story very similar to yours. And you're like, oh, OK, I'm not alone in this. And it's some comfort in that. Yes, yes, it's comfort. It's it's like I said, it's empowering and it's like, oh, it's a relief. I think it's so a relief too. Yeah, and, and I, I know you mentioned, you know, taking your power back in that instance. Um how did how did you do that? Uh <laughs> well for anyone's listening, it wasn't overnight. Um how did I take my power back from the diagnosis? I I would like to first tell people I never intended to. That was not my intention to take my power back. I think it's something that, like I didn't set out to be like, I'm not gonna let this bother me again. I'm just gonna be able to overcome this and I'm gonna be all powerful. I think it's just something that I've realized looking back. So um, I think, you know, I think acceptance is a is a big key when you get any form of diagnosis like yeah and I want to say accepting where you are because I also believe there's some diagnosis that you might not want to accept or might not be true for you and you might look elsewhere for an answer so I would just say accepting where I was in terms of saying okay I really do have this diagnosis number one and also at the time I had the diagnosis and wasn't telling any sexual partners and still sleeping with them. So it was like, I have this diagnosis and if I continue to do this, I'm gonna hurt someone really badly. Um, and I think that was part of the journey of kind of just, just, just acknowledging that. And then I always tell people it's not until maybe a few years after that when I um, actually decided to be celibate and was going to church and to groups and really getting more and more help and discovering who I was and my identity that I feel like I became more secure in who I am and um, knowing my worth. 
and that my worth is more than my identity. Um, and so I always like to share with people that my journey was not, I got their diagnosis, I accepted it, I told people, and then I sought help. That's not how it went. And um, I think it's just, I, I don't know. I just feel like it was things that happened along the way that got me to this place to be like, no, I'm way more than that. And then I think realizing that I'm more than my diagnosis, realizing how much, how worthy I am. And I'm not just these things that society says I am and seeing my intrinsic worth um, kind of overshadow all the fears and of being unwanted, not feeling seen, or perhaps I'm going to be unlovable um, with the diagnosis kind of enabled me to take my power back um in that regards but i definitely am a believer that you have to see you in order to take that power back it's great when other see people see us i think it's helpful um but if you want to go a step further and have more depth and, and more of a foundation you have to see you i agree with that because people mirror how we treat our they treat us how we treat ourselves Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I do believe that. I was just having a conversation earlier where someone said they felt, you know, disregarded. I'm like, when was the last time you regarded yourself? Because no one should ever regard you <laughs> more than you regard you. You know, when people give us compliments and people pour into us, that should be extra because we should be pouring into ourselves on a daily basis. So I love that you said that. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love I that. Love that. <laughs> I love that question. Um, I ask a similar question when people say to me and clients come in and say um, they don't feel seen. So then I ask them, well, when do you see you? And they look at me like, what? And I'm like, do you see you? Because, you know, if you don't see you, then, you know, that's the most important part. So I love that part about regarding yourself. I love that. Yeah, and um, I know as my therapist, actually, I'm not going to take full credit for that, but my, <laughs> my therapist always used to throw that back at me. Like, I, I, I feel ignored. Why well, are you paying attention to yourself? And I used to be like, quit asking these questions, but she made a point. And so now I'm convinced that nothing, everything begins and ends with me. That has to be, mm. you know, um, tox toxic, tox toxic situations, toxic people, um, good energy, good people, it all starts and ends with me. So um, that that was like a very big point I learned with it. Because no matter what you say, they're always going to turn it back to you. Yeah, because that's who's in here, not anyone else. <laughs> people are always surprised that but you're in here. I can't account for them. I can help you, you know, deal with the situations, but I'm always, yeah, we're gonna come back to you. <laughs> yeah, but in the beginning, I'm like, no, I'm talking about this person. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, besides what we, um, we said earlier about, you know, pouring into ourselves, we know that's one thing. We know self-care, self-preservation, those are very important. But if a person isn't there yet, what advice would you have for someone that is innocent, like in a similar situation that you were in that just feels affected or unseen or like they're stigmatized in a way. Um, where, where can they start the healing? Um, for me, it starts with awareness, right? Um, 
And I know some people just wanna, well, can I just have a one plus one equals two solution? And I don't have that because you're not one plus one equals two, you're not an equation. Um, and so it starts with awareness of our thoughts and our feelings. Like, And I think that's, and everyone, my clients always like wanna rush past that. Okay, well, we understand how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling, all right, what do we do next? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We want to look at patterns, right? So if you're jotting down or you're just, even when you just say, you know what, I'm gonna be more intentional about how I'm feeling, noticing how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. I believe in writing them down because then you could begin to see patterns, patterns about how you feel about yourself, how you feel, your thoughts about yourself, how you view yourself. And I feel like once people become aware of that, then they're like, kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't know I felt that way or thought that way. Um, and I think that's that's a good place to start is with awareness. Awareness about why you, the decisions you make or why you've been making the decisions. This is not, and I always like to tell people, this is not a judgment of, you know, so in regards to I'm aware of maybe I have these thoughts of I'm not feeling like enough, for example, right? And so a judgment could come in and be like, well, you should feel like you're enough. You should be very grateful. So that would be a judgment. So we want to avoid judgment. And we just, I love like the, the meditation, the mindfulness when you're doing meditation. It's like, just step back and just observe your thoughts. That's all you're doing. You're not judging yourself for how you feel and you're not judging yourself for um, um, the thoughts that you have. People feel like they need to do that because they have to better themselves. But if you're just judging yourself, there's no room for development or becoming more aware and in touch with yourself. Yeah, but I, I feel like judging ourselves is a learned, a learned behavior from childhood. Absolutely. So it's kind of hard to, and I think that's where the grace comes in, like you said, with not judging ourselves because you're trying to break something you've been doing for 20, 30 odd years. Yeah. And it's yeah. not going to, like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. But the first reaction, especially when I do something that doesn't fit whatever I didn't credit, um, it's like, oh my God, oh my, you know, like, oh my God, God is going to get me. I'm desperate for hell. Like, just the one, the one thing. And it's like, that's so intense to think that all the time. It and is. Then it's so intense. And, and it's actually, like, I, I, I do believe in toxic positivity. I do. Where you can just be so positive, where it's unrealistic, like you don't allow yourself to feel anything. Yes. You know? And and it's, it's a lot of pressure. Like when you, you mentioned earlier, perfectionism, that is a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so funny. I just did a video on that today. Um, content creation. <laughs> and um, one of the things was I was saying, you know, a lot of people, you know, what might look at me and feel like why do you talk about perfectionism what's wrong with it and i'm like well what's right with it <laughs> what is right with it like you said and one of the things i mentioned is it causes anxiety it causes insecurity it causes all this pressure of these unrealistic expectations that come from society which like you said also form the ju the judgments right so so that would be going to identifying whose voice is that is that your voice when you're judging yourself or is that someone else because most of the time it's not really you i like that 
I like that. It's some. It's the seed that has been sown that has grown and grown and grown and grown. You know, and you realize like, well, where did I get that? Mm-hmm. You know, I always think back on. Um, I know you're Christian based. I always think back on Adam and Eve, and when they told God they were naked, He's like, "Who told you?" <laughs> I didn't tell you that. Yes, <laughs> it's like, where did that come from? Because that right. didn't come from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I always think back on that, that when I have those negative thoughts, like, "Where is this coming from? Who told you?" Because mm-hmm. that contradicts everything. Everything that you're reading, all your manifestations, all of your affirmations, it contradicts your your journey to what you're thinking right now. Yeah, it's something I, I kind of want to, this popped up in my head. It's, I didn't intend to talk about this, but I always go with some stuff that pop into my head. And um, what also reminds me that, that I think in where does this come from and all the judgment, right, is often the times it comes from our family. Mm. And let's be honest. It's going to come from our parents and our caregivers, whether it's not your parents, your grandparents, whoever raised you and you spent the most time with, for the most part, it is coming from them. And I have found that that is really hard for people to acknowledge because they feel like if I do that, then I'm saying they're bad. I'm saying they're not good people and they took very good care of me. And so it could be hard to acknowledge those judgments because of that. And, um, but that would be black and white. It's like either they're good or they're bad versus they were great people and they made some mistakes. So that's where the and comes in versus the or. So, you know, you're talking about where does this come from? And, and, you know, I'm just going to name it. But I always say to people, you know, your parents are humans, your caregivers are humans, your guardians, they're humans, right? And they, they are, they were a person and they're still a person with a name before, during your, during taking care and after that. And therefore, because of that, they will make mistakes that do impact you. And some of the time it's intentional and sometimes it's unintentional. It could be a very thoughtful for that person intention but that didn't work for you and how you're wired um and i think if we can take that away that can also help us with some of those judgments and knowing that's not our voice um that our parents or or caregivers are imperfect and that was a hard thing for me to learn so you are right to just admit like mom when you did this and my mom would you know be like but I did my best I know you did your best but it unintentionally kind of made me away dad when you did this it unintentionally made me a certain way and I and I understood and kind of had more mercy for my parents the older that I got because they also had a childhood they also had parents that were doing the best they could with what they had and so they're not only are they trying to work through that and heal through that now they're responsible for a whole person yep Yep. Yeah. And now they're trying to do the best that they can and not repeat. And sometimes they do repeat what their parents did. But the the base of it was they loved me and they did the best they could. But that doesn't mean I wasn't affected by some of that stuff. And I had to, like you said, I was like, my parents did the best they could. They couldn't, you know, it's that guilt, but it doesn't make them bad parents. It just makes them human beings. Mm-hmm. And when it's I started not- seeing them, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. When I started seeing them as human beings and not superheroes, 
I feel like our adult relationship improves. Oh my God, that's such a good quote. When I started seeing them as humans and not superheroes. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. I love that. Yeah. And go, what would you about to say? Um, no, you're fine. Um, oh yeah, I was just going to say that um, when we don't acknowledge, the thing about that is, like, you know, going back to your regard, is we are now invalidating our experience and how we feel. And it goes back to honoring ourselves, taking care of ourselves. And so if we don't say how my parents did something or said something hurt me or impacted me, then we're just continuing to harm ourselves. That's true. And that was a lot of years of my therapy. And um, like I said, it, it, it helped me take the, the cape off of my parents and we have a, a more down to earth and realistic, you know, relationship because I don't expect them to be perfect. Just like I'm trying to be perfect. I'm expecting them to be perfect and neither one of us can reach those expectations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You had some great therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I've been in it since twenty twenty. <laughs> but yeah, see look at you. You're you're being a therapist again to me. Okay, so <laughs> I can't help you know, it. <laughs> speaking of being a therapist, I know you are Christian, um, Christian based. And um, what kind of therapy options do you offer your, your clients? So um, I I like to identify myself as a Christian, but not necessarily a Christian therapist. Um, and so, um, so what that means is, so I went to a faith-based school. I went to Richmond as a faith-based school. So we did the regular modules that you would do in any mental health um, counseling master's program. And then we had spiritual classes added on to that, that helped us understand ourselves as counselors, what does it look like when we go into practice? And then also how to incorporate Christianity into therapy for the clients that need it. So what that really means to me is I identify first just as a licensed professional counselor who, who is Christian. Um, and then for those who want the incorporation of Christianity, they request it. And so there are a lot of people who do seek me out Obviously, I'm a black female and I'm Christian. Um, and that is important to someone because people want to, just likewise, you want um, a black person, um, you want someone who looks like you in therapy. There are people who not only want someone who look like them, but also share their faith. Um, and so they can feel more free and more open. And so that's how it kind of um, kind of looks for me and kind of comes up for me in that regard. I love that. I love that because you know, if you, if, <laughs> this is probably <laughs> off subject, but it's like you're talking no, go ahead, go ahead. and you're talking about the Holy Spirit told you something they like, this is my niece. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly. Who is the Holy Spirit? What do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, God's talking to me. What? God's she's hearing things. So (laughs) so (laughs) knowing all of the language and being able to understand that and relate that does help people to be free. Just like if you have a black therapist, 
it helps you to be free. It's, it's, or female or male, whatever the case may be. Like, you know, I always say to people, like, if you can find the person you want to the exact T, go for it, go for it. Yeah, because finding a therapist is almost like finding a spouse. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are dropping some gems today, Anita. Because it might not work, the first one might not work, might not be a good fit, and somebody was telling me, don't stick to them because, you know, out of obligation, you can, no. you can break up with your therapist. <laughs> yes, you Even can. if you've been with them for a long time and it's no longer, you kind of yeah. like hit a ceiling, yeah. it's like, okay, you can move on to somebody else. So, yeah, yes. dating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say that, that is, you took the words out of my mouth. I explain that to people all the time. You have the right to choose. You might not always find the right one first away, you know, right away, sorry. Give it a try, one or two sessions. You don't like it, move on. It is totally fine. I love that. I love that. So here at BYOK, we have a signature question. Mm-hmm. And that is, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? One. <laughs> you should see my face. <laughs> my eyes. I did. You was like, what? <laughs> if I did, you know, I feel like someone asked me this the other day. If I could describe myself in one word, I'll give you two if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna go with one. We're gonna try. We're gonna try the difficult. Okay. One. Um. Oh. Um. Phenomenal. Mm, why? Because I'm just so phenomenal. <laughs> I, I, I just feel like um. At this point in my life, for everything I've been through, and I'm still here and been able to come to a space where I'm really healthy. I, it's funny, I was just coming back from being in London and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who had been friends since teens. And we were just, you know, teens and 20s and was just reminiscing. And, you know, I was sharing how insecure I felt. And she was like, surprised. And I was like, no, 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 I didn't feel very confident. I was very insecure. Um, or I say I was somewhat insecure. And now, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more secure, more confident. I am in a space of my life where I'm definitely in the will of God and what he has called me to do. And it just is a space of freedom and enjoyment and fun. And I just think that is just my ability to do that and be where I am you know, with God within me is because of who I am and who he has prayed me to be. And I just think, you know, God's phenomenal. So I'm phenomenal. I love that you're a reflection of him. I love that. (laughs) I love everything about that. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, oh, where can people find you? That is a very important question. So you can find me, um, my website is probably the easiest, um, authenticallybu.com. Um, that's also the name of my Instagram where I'm on the most. And then also the podcast, it didn't break me.com is a website, but you can also just search it on all platforms. It didn't break me. Um, but my website has all of my information and contact and Instagram. Those are the best two places to kind of get a hold of me and connect with me. And then just listen to the um podcast for some inspirations um about people sharing their stories about things they didn't think they could come back from 
Um, so would I like to leave anything? Yes, I do. I do. Um, you know, I talked earlier about identity and knowing who you are and how much that has helped me. And I have found that your identity is your foundation. And so once you're able to discover that, like, and, and, and connect to that more and more, you will feel definitely more secure. And once you discover that, you will realize that you are a gift to this world and you shine a light for a certain group of people or a certain person. And so I would say connect to that gift and shine that light because you are restoring power into someone else's life. I love that. I love that. I love that because what doesn't break us gives us the ability to help someone else not break. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said at the beginning, we are not alone. We're not in this world together. I mean, so we're not in this world alone. We're not meant to be alone as humans. We're all here to give each other a gift. Um, I receive from you, you receive from me and, you know, vice versa. That's how it goes. I love that. I love it. I just love talking to you. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just couldn't talk to you all Anything day. else you want to ask me? I'm open. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, so what does, what made you get into therapy? Because you're really good at what you do. So what made you become a therapist? Um, you know what? My brother asked me this the other day, but I, so this is a second career. Um, I used to work in the travel industry for 10 years mm -hmm. and, um, it's so funny like I just came back from home being home for three weeks and so I'm literally reflecting on my whole life <laughs> and, um, it happens when you go home and um and so I I wanted to be where God called me to be I wanted to do what I create I was created to do and after about a year of prayer doing some volunteer work and reflecting on what I'm good at what I enjoy you know funny enough funny story when I reflected, you know, I've worked in a travel industry for 10 years, I realized the closest thing that helped me realize what I wanted to do was when I used to teach pole dancing. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I realized my ability to empower, to encourage and, you know, support and all of those things, a good part of it come from there, from there as well as my own um, experience of like spiritual counseling and things like that. And so, and so I decided to go back and do my masters and in doing that and being there and being refined in the process, I just knew it. And it's so funny. It literally is a natural gift. But I tell people we have this thing called A-levels that you do when you leave school. So you do it at the age of 16. And I initially went to study psychology and I dropped out because I didn't really like the course or the teacher. And now here I am. Still there, led you right back. <laughs> right back. All that whole diversion and I'm here. And it is naturally, it is a gift. It is a gift. Um, and I'm so glad I've been able to connect to the gift that I have. Um, I never realized it, but it's here and, and I accept that gift and, and I appreciate that gift. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a gift. Like you are, you are, you are a very great active listener too. I'm learning communication is not just about speech, but it's about hearing, listening. Yeah. 
actively. Yeah. It's not just me asking you a question and not hearing nothing you said and just ask you another question that has nothing to do with what you, you know, like, or I'm preparing a response while you're talking, which is why most arguments happen. So, yeah. That, that part right there, that, that last thing you just said, like, you're not listening to me because you're just thinking about the response. But it's a hard thing when it's easier to active listen when you don't have, when you're not as connected or have as much emotions involved. Right. Um, it takes a lot of work. Don't, don't ever think I don't not actively listen because I do not. You're going to ask my sister. She will tell you. No, I listen to the same thing. Like, no, she don't listen. <laughs> Now you spoke about emotions. I know we were ending this, but you asked me to ask you a question. So, so I'm I'm assuming like in your 20s when you received the diagnosis and your your emotions probably most likely overtook you. How have you learned how to work through your emotions? Because I find like that is um, a, a heavy thing for a lot of people, especially people that are dealing with anxiety, depression, and things like that. Like, how do you? start through those emotions to differentiate feelings from facts? Um, so I'm going to go back to identifying. I have the feelings wheel. If anyone does not know that, Google it. And I have that saved as a favorite in my photos. <laughs> because okay. there are times I cannot, I'm feeling something, but I don't know what it is. And I just can't think of the words to identify that so i think for me my process is identifying and clients hate it because they're like da, 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 and then they do it and they're like oh i feel better like literally just identifying what i'm feeling um and then validating because i think that's the hardest thing it's like well i shouldn't feel this or i shouldn't be feeling like this and like this is what's going on um this is a rough time um or sometimes it's even like do I even have space to validate or can I just quickly move on and get over, get over that? And sometimes, you know what, just identifying it, I feel better. So I think validating my emotions and knowing they're valid, um, that I don't always have to change them, definitely helps me navigate them and accept them more and then being able to talk to people about it or journal about it. Um, it's like it just relieves a huge weight from me in once I do that. Um, and even the most vulnerable emotions, even when I identify them, you know, it helps. It doesn't mean they go away, but it helps. It doesn't. You and you, you made a good point. Feelings do not, and all of them do not instantly disappear. Some of them <laughs> linger. You know, um, that's why. <laughs> that's why I ask that sometimes I'm journaling and I'm talking about the same thing three days in a row because I'm still feel how I feel about Tennessee and I'm learning it's okay if I'm on because that's yes. how I feel that's how I feel yes and sometimes it's like you know are you not over that yet and you know what I, can I be honest some of the reasons why we're not so-called over our feelings in quotation marks is because we haven't dealt with them or acknowledged them or accept them that they're there and that's right. why sometimes they not necessarily in your case where they may linger but in certain situations you know when they talk about someone who's really bitter <laughs> um or just really angry all the time that's because they have not 
allow the emotions to breathe and accept them and acknowledge them. And that's what I'm kind of talking about um, in that, for that example. Yeah, and, and you're right. I do know some people that are still talking about 1979. I'm like, it's 2022. Heal, let it go. But it's easy for me to say that because that wasn't my experience. But then I feel bad because I'm like, you're in 79. You know how many years have yeah. passed? Yeah. <laughs> and that you're yeah. missing because you're you're in 70, 1979. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, you can ignore stuff all you want, but I realize they're still going to be there and you're going to go back full circle until you heal from it. I'm learning it. Yeah. And you know something else I learned? I was listening to a sermon yesterday. Mm -hmm. And they said sometimes you can also not just get stuck in your past of all the things that went wrong, but you can also get stuck in the past on all your victories. Mm. So you could be stuck in high school football champion or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. You yep. don't even play football anymore. Exactly. Yep. So being in the past, whether good or bad, is not. <laughs> yep. Not if we're stuck there. You know, it's always good to reminisce, but yeah if we're stuck there yeah yeah fascinating yeah. that's very fat very that's got me i know <laughs> put my mind a little bit like what me too i had to make a note like am i still stuck in my past right <laughs> yeah if i still stuck in my past in regards to anything great that has happened in my life you know Something right like am i missing the present because i'm so busy still in high school or college and stuff like yeah that. And I think that's another way how you get stuck in relationships long term because mm. you're still hinging on how wonderful it was when you're your early twenties and you know, and then like like present day it is it's not that substantial, you know, but nostalgia has a way of making you stay in situations longer than you need to be. I'm learning as well. Nostalgia is tricky. <laughs> you you took that's another gem, by the way. Nostalgia oh. has a way of keeping you stuck in things. Oh, that's a gem. Make, make, when you go back, write that down. But um, I maybe like write a whole, do a whole story and be like, this is what Renita said. Um, but I agree with you um, because people do look at, especially in relationships, well, they did this or my my the one that gets on my nerves the most is well we've been together for five ten years i'm like so you want to be together for another five ten years like this in this situation because that's what you're really saying like you're still looking about how long we were together how long we've been together but you're not thinking well do you want another five to ten years to continue this way in how you are in this present day not how you were at the beginning yeah yeah, even even when we being married, we still need to reacquaint ourselves because he's not the same person, and nor am I. Neither am I. <laughs> and when we got married or when we met or whatever, so it is good to do a little assessment. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I feel like you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Or another one is like after two months of dating. Oh, they did all this at the beginning. I'm like, but you, you were dating them at the beginning. <laughs> they had to do that. That's gonna keep you <laughs> real. You in. <laughs> Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Tricky, tricky, tricky. So are you an author? Do you have a book? You know what? I am in the midst of writing an ebook. 
and um i'm actually getting some help because um one of the best things i learned um with perfectionism is to ask for help mm -hmm. and so like i'm giving them all the content in there writing it because i do not really have that time or motivation to sit down and write as you can hear me i'm a great talker so i just talk to them and then they just take everything down and then they're just going to make it into an ebook so um we're in august so hopefully that will come out at the end of August um, oh. on, perfect, on perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just saw author. I'm like, you've written something, you're just so insightful. So now Thank, I'm you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That. Um, thank you for being on the on the I mean, I know I keep ending this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like I said, you were just so wonderful to talk to, you know, um, and so insightful. Um once again, where can people find you? I'll have it on the bottom here. Yeah, it's um, just authenticallybeyou.com or authenticallybeyou on Instagram. And then the itdidn'tbreakme.com or itdidn'tbreakme. You can search that for the podcast um, on all major platforms. Yes, and she also has a free resource about perfectionism. And I think you guys should download that. Check that out. Fill in the blank. So that's really important. I, I um I I wanted to get into perfection <laughs> perfectionism, but I don't know. Like, but before you leave, I do want to ask you about you know your stance on perfectionism and how how it is it, it's not really healthy, you know, and how do you break out of that realm or that thought pattern of perfectionism? Um. So yeah, I consider it. I define it as a consistent and exhausting cycle of trying to be enough. Mm -hmm. um, so perfectionism shows up in that sense of thinking that we're not enough, we're not doing enough, and we're not able to take a break. You know, people are like, what if I'm trying to do my best or be excellent? And I would just say to them, those perfectionism gets in the way of your emotional, mental, and physical health, where being your best and being in excellence doesn't. Um, and so it's really a, a way of thinking, believing. That's why I like to, to use the term perfectionism versus perfectionist. It's not a person. It's just how we think and believe, again, which comes from childhood. We have to be the best or we experience a lot of criticism and felt rejected. So we're going to do anything we can. And we have believed that if we become perfect, we can avoid feeling unwanted, unseen or, or rejection. Um, but the thing is that perfection doesn't exist. Um, and so I think that really what I'm trying to help people do is first again, become aware of the belief of sense and feeling that you have and you're not enough or you don't feel like you're enough. And then identifying where that comes from. And, and I like to make a distinction because a lot of people who are high achieving deal with perfectionism um and they'll be like well i kind of like it because i get it helps me get things done and i like to make people know no no no, no. you help get things done not perfectionism because perfectionism is a thought process whereas the skills and resources you have such as you're determined and you're focused um and you're resilient those things are inside of you that's not perfectionism I love that. I love that. Once again, it starts with you know, giving self credit. Nothing we can do about us. And you can't skip self. 
mm-hmm. no you can't no you can't but then i also like to know let people know like you're not alone in this problem with perfectionism and i do think it's important to have help and support when working through this and not to do it alone and because there's a lot of shame that surrounds it um to admit that you you don't have it all together um and so you know this is not a journey you do alone right and do you think perfectionism and imposter syndrome that goes hand in hand yeah yeah um so imposter syndrome um hand in hand in the sense that um with imposter syndrome you never feel like you have all the answers or you have all the information right and so people one day you feel like you're going to be found out like you're a fraud and that's where that perfectionism comes in feeling like you have to have all the things to get started um kind of like some of that procrastination um and that you don't see yourself and you don't feel like you're perfect enough so why am i here that's you know kind of that imposter syndrome um but you know most high achieving people probably deal with them um, imposter syndrome and perfectionism if y'all need a therapist <laughs> that is down to earth christian um christian not christian-based therapist but christian um and an african-american woman that is relatable down to earth you know please please look with bianca and go to her site and and try it out i know that um therapy has the stigma of something wrong or if you're crazy but no it's just good to have that outlet to talk to someone without judgment unbiased Mm-hmm. that can be on the outside yeah. looking in and can give you a different perspective and a different insight on what you're going through or even how you think. Yeah. And I say that, I was talking to um, a family member the other day when I was there and I was like, would you do therapy? And they're like, no, I have my family and friends. And I'm like, how can you say that? So basically you're saying you're a therapist. What a therapist does is the same as what your family and friends do. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, no, that's that's not true at all. That no. is not true at all. And so, yeah, I just want to add that piece. I'm glad you, yes, you're right. Because you, you tell your family, they know you. And some people don't let go of who you used to be or even give you credit for who you are now. That's Just talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother yeah. episode. <laughs> as, you, as you put your hands in your head. <laughs> right, that just stressed me out. But yes, yeah, so, <laughs> oh yeah. Therapy is very important, and and even if you just try it once, just try it out to see if it works for you, you know, or, or if it doesn't. But it, it's it's not that stigma that you know you're crazy or or something is wrong. You could just want to get a different perspective and insight on life, and I recommend it to anyone. I feel like it changed my life. Yeah, it changed yeah. my life. So, um, thank you for you know taking the time out and changing people's lives and helping and changing and shifting perspective, you know? Um, yes, I, I love that. I love it. And thank you for coming on my, my platform. I'm probably going to beg you to come back because <laughs> I'll come back. I can't stop talking to you. <laughs> thank you for having me. You don't have to beg me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I hope that, I hope that you all got some nuggets um, about taking your power back. Number one, Number two, you know, um, knowing that everything starts with self and that you are enough, you know, and knowing that you don't 
have to be perfect because number one, that does not look good. So, um, and until next time, I just want you all to be kind to yourself. I'm gonna leave it there today. Be kind to yourself, give yourself grace, give yourself mercy. And thank you again, Bianca. And until You're next welcome. time, bye. <laughs>